Hello and welcome back to the Grace Fields Wife Podcast. I'm your host, Beatrice Vargas. I'm so excited to be back here with you guys on another week. Here we are in the full thick of it. In the summer is hot and it is sticky and there's so many changes going on. I'm sure for you, certainly a lot going on for me with the kids being out and all that other good stuff. But what I wanted to talk to you about this week is a discovery that I made some time back that really made such a huge difference in my marriage not only made a huge difference but honestly I think it's one of the things that helped save my marriage and this I discovered even after we got back together and after all God had done redeemed my marriage and all that but even when we did we still had some issues like it still wasn't perfect and this understanding this thing that I'm going to talk to you about today this was something that helped our marriage not just go from redeemed to us being best friends again but really like it took it to a next deeper more intimate and like really deep down communication kind of level that I think applies to all of us here that might be listening today so I'm really excited to give this content for you so let's jump right in you're sitting in a marriage that feels empty, struggling to connect with your husband, maybe you're telling yourself you're just sticking it out for the kids and what really keeps you in the marriage is God. If this is you, I've been there. My story is your story. I want to help you reconnect in marriage and feel cherished again. Hey, I'm Beatrice, a Jesus-loving wife and mom. I've been married for 15 years, but for the past 10, I've actually had the affectionate and connected marriage I've always dreamed of. What happened the first five years? Well, I was busy telling my husband all the things he was doing wrong, like how he needed Jesus and he needed to make me happy. We tried marriage counseling, small groups, all the things we were told that would make our marriage better nothing worked and we separated how did i turn it around well that's what you'll learn in this podcast proven skills to communicate better create more intimacy and be a grace-fueled wife so if you're ready to finally communicate effectively with your husband so you can stop fighting and be on the same team again this podcast is for you now grab that journal and let's jump right in I know I do this every week, but honestly, it is because I feel it is my God-given duty. Just an act of obedience to tell you about the Grace-Fueled Marriage Method, which can be found at gracefueledmarriagemethod.com. But the reason why I'm so passionate about it is because I take this entire curriculum that I've created and systematized it in a way that we go through six steps to taking you through a healed and loving marriage. And really, it's not just that, but the fact that you get to meet with me to implement what you have learned, because it's not just about tell me what's going on with you today. It's about I've created a system and a timeline and doing things in a specific order that gets you to your end result of a loving, deeply connected marriage. Go check it out. GraceFueledMarriageMethod.com. That's GraceFueledMarriageMethod.com. Can't wait to see you then. So a while back, my husband and I got into not an argument, but, you know, a little disagreement. Things got a little tense for a while. 
And it was because in the morning, I get up early, get up before the children. Obviously, I make their breakfast. I'm not even going to say obviously, because apparently there's a lot of parents out there whose kids make their own breakfast, which I think is amazing. But I don't. I get up early, even my daughter, who's 15. If she gets up at 6, I will get up at 5.30 so that I am awake before she wakes up uh, and that she has a bright and cheery face to greet her in the morning. I will offer to make her something. Same thing with my son. I wake him up. I make his breakfast. I make his lunch. I send them off to school. That is part of my everyday normal routine. What is not part of my everyday normal routine is including my husband in that. So I don't necessarily make his breakfast. I don't really ask him. If he asks me, certainly I will make something, but I'm not waking up extra early to make us breakfast because in my mind, you're a grown man, like get up yourself or like if you want something, either make it yourself or, or just ask for it. But like, don't expect me to do this thing without without asking. Well, that feeling or idea that I had in my mind, that's what really caused the disagreement because he felt like, well, you do it for the kids and, you know, you don't even ask me and you're already out there and you're already doing the thing. You don't even ask me what I want. So, you know, we went back and forth a little bit and I always try to dig down and find the root issue and all the other good stuff, like everything that I teach you guys. And really what I realized this boiled down to is family of origin. I don't know if you've ever heard of a family of origin, if you know what this means, but basically we're talking about who you grew up with the family you grew up with. So mom, dad, brother, sister, maybe that's grandma, aunt and uncle, whoever, whoever raised you growing up. And uh, for my husband, uh, for him, he was raised by both his parents as a, a young child. And he at the time was an only child. So his mom was able to do things for him. Whereas myself, I was the oldest, um, the oldest of nine. But at the time, as a young child, I was the oldest of four. And um, if any of you know what it's like being the oldest, you're basically like the de facto babysitter, especially um, as a child in a Latino home or whatever. Like my parents were always working. I never saw them. They were always out of the house. And I basically did all the things. So I realized later that for my own children, I am very passionate about waking up in the morning for them and being there for them and making their lunches and, you know, making them breakfast because it was something that I never had. And it, no disrespect to my parents, they were out busy working, creating a life for us, doing whatever it is we needed to do. And it was just one of those things that was not a luxury that we had. That my, my mom did not have the luxury or my dad did not have the luxury to get up early and, and like do all the Susie homemaker things. Whereas for my husband, his mom was around and was able to do more of that. So why do I even bring this up? I bring it up because what ends up happening is part of my husband's love language now is acts of service. Because that's how he was shown love when he was younger. And, you know, it, it is doing those things. For me, that is not my love language because my parents never did it for me and did anything for me. And so me, that is why my love language is words of affirmation, because that's how I saw 
I would get love from them is that they would praise me for all the great things that I did. Because, you know, being the oldest child, I had to be the one to, to do all the things. And so they would be happy. They would be proud of me. And they, they would praise me for all of that. Now, growing up, that's how I feel most loved is because that's what I wanted the most as a child. The same thing for my husband. He feels the most loved because that's what he wanted as a child. In fact, I think it was the thing that helped us to fall in love with each other. It was my normal de facto behavior to do all the things for him when we started dating because that's the person that I was, that's the person that I grew up to be, and I would just do all the things for him. And he loved that because that made him feel very loved. And for him, that's how he shows love. So what he went ahead and did was he gave me all that in return, right? He would do all the sweet, loving, and kind things and try to take things off my plate when we started dating. And that made me feel very loved because it's not something I ever got growing up. So he was filling a void for something that I never had. At that time, I think it was filling a void for each other. But here's the kicker. This is what people do when they're trying to impress somebody. This is what they do when they are, you know, when you're in the honeymoon phase, I'm going to say, right? When you're really trying to attract each other, when you're trying to show your best self. But what happens after two years, three years, five years, where maybe you've been married for a year and you were dating for two or three years before, and all of a sudden you're within your first year of marriage and you're like, wait a minute. This is nothing like it was before we got married. Well, what actually happens is we go back to these old patterns. We go back to these old patterns that we got used to, which means what we really need are the things that we got when we were younger. And so, whereas it was at one time filling a void for me, for my husband to be doing these things for me, after a while, it became a void for me to have words of affirmation. After a while, it was like, why don't you tell me how wonderful I am for doing these things for you? Because I was doing those things to get the praise, all this really subconsciously, right? Doing all these things to get the praise, which never actually came. Because for him, the reason why he was doing all the taking care of me in a way I had never been taking care of before is because that was the only way he knew how to behave. So he continues doing the thing where he takes care of me. And I stop because I'm like, well, you know, I was only doing that to get the praise. Now I'm not getting the praise. And what's wrong with you now? You're not affectionate. And then he's like, well, you don't do this thing anymore. And then that's where things start to break down. So certainly <laughs> that's where things started to break down for us before I figured this out. But that's also what causes things to start to break down in your own marriage. I think it is so important that we recognize how our family of origin shapes us today. Because when my husband and I got into that disagreement, my brain really thought that I was right. Like, what is wrong with you? You're a grown man. Like, they're the kids. They need me. You could do it yourself. So I never really thought about that what I was doing was affecting him in this way and making him feel unloved. I saw it more of like, oh, I'm not your servant or 
you know, you you want me to just go ahead and be this servant, which is not really a healthy way of thinking. And that came from watching my own parents and my own mom kind of feeling that way of like, you know, I'm not serving you to her husband at the time. My parents are divorced. And so when I we think about what we saw as children and how that shaped us and how that unconsciously brings us into the place where we are now within our own marriages, it is mind-blowing. And it wasn't really until I started to really take a look and dig deeper and understand my family of origin really deeply or try to understand my husband's family of origin really deeply. It wasn't until I started to uncover the layers, you know, unpeel the onion kind of thing that I was able to really meet him where he was at, A, but B, also articulate for him why certain things were important to me. So he never really understood why certain things were important to me because they were just foreign to him. Now, these are a lot of the things that we go through when we do premarital counseling uh, and all that. We might dig into that and you have these conversations during premarital counseling so that you have an understanding about it before you get married. But if you're anything like me or anything like my client who never went to premarital counseling or they did premarital counseling, and now they're 10 years in, and maybe they forgot about that stuff, a lot of it gets lost. And I wanted to take the time today to point this out for you, to help you to recognize how, in the same way that you're just like, oh my God, how did I turn into my mother? Or the same way that you're like, oh my God, I married my dad, he is so similar. I've heard a lot of people say that. I did not. It's he's, My husband's very different from my dad. But I think that's also part of it. I married somebody who is the exact opposite of my dad. Um, and you will see that, right? Or your behavior becomes the exact opposite of a parent who you didn't connect with because you want something different. And I think understanding how all these dynamics are in play in your own marriage will really, really help you to see your husband the way God sees him. It will really help you to understand his very core, understand his child self. And when we can do that, not just for your husband, but also for yourself, your younger self, when you can do that, all of a sudden, there's so much grace that is opened up because you're like, oh my goodness, I never knew. It's so much easier to forgive. It's so much easier to embrace. It's so much easier to love that person because you're seeing them as the small child that they were 30 years ago, 40 years ago, maybe even 50 years ago. And you're able to see what it might have been like for them growing up in the place that they grew up. And not to say that we all have these tragic backstories, but even people who have grown up in a, an otherwise blessed home, maybe they had great parents and they didn't have what other people would consider to be a traumatic upbringing. There was definitely things that went on in the home where they learned 
these unwritten rules where they learned that if they did this, that would mean this in the family. And so often we either don't realize that that is the case, don't know that that's going on. We never take the time to take a look at that or we just completely bypass it. And all we're focused on right now is how I feel today, how he is making me feel today or what do his actions look like today? And part of family therapy, a lot of what they'll do in family therapy is they take a look at some of that, not so that we dwell there, but so that it gives you an understanding of where we are today. And in today's episode, I wanted to give you an opportunity to just sit and think. We don't have to dwell there. We're not sitting up and, you know, looking at... (laughs) the traumatic origin story of Bruce Wayne, right? Like we're not doing any of that, but just trying to take a look at our spouse, take a look at our husband from the lens of imagine him at 10 years old or at eight years old or at five years old. Imagine him in that place that he grew up. And if you don't know anything about that, then right off the bat is a that's a place for you to start to discover. It is really important for you to have some understanding of what it was like for him growing up. So if you can take yourself back to that place and think about what it may have been like for him and then start to connect the dots and start to see, hmm, wait a minute. So maybe that's why this thing or that thing is a particular trigger for him. Or maybe that's why this thing or that thing is particularly important to him. And at the same time, do that for yourself. If you think about yourself at five, eight, ten, something like that, and understand where were you in the place? How did you feel most loved? Like what sorts of things, what are some of the unspoken rules in your family? And how is that now relating to your life today? And if you can take some time and do that for me today, I promise you, you will see a huge win. You will be able to, your mind, mind blown, like you will be able to uncover so much in just, you know, maybe taking 30 minutes, sit with a journal, you know, all the time I'm like, grab your journal, like you're going to take your journal and just sit with that. Sit with God, ask God to reveal to you anything it is he might want you to see in this reflection. And then take that and then ask God, now that I know this, how can I use this information to love my husband better, my children better, and myself better? Because we very often are quick to try to love others better. But God's word also says, love others as you love yourself. So How can I love myself better in this? How can I be kinder to myself in this? How can I not just show grace to those around me, but show grace to myself in this? I guarantee you that will make a huge difference for you. And I would love to hear all about it. If after doing all that, you have some sort of epiphany, you have something you want to really talk about. Something that you feel like, wait a minute, there is so much here that we can explore that might really make a difference in what my marriage will look like in the future. I'm going to invite you to do one thing. 
and that is jump on a free call with me and we can talk about how this applies to you and your situation and what you can do about it going forward. And in the free call, we'll decide whether or not after having realized this, you are a fit to work with me where we can now just take this realization that you did on your own, take that and apply it to your future self and your future life. Because this right here, I see is key to so many things. It has been key for me and for my clients. And I want to offer that to you. Check out gracefueledwifecall.gr8.com. That's gracefueledwifecall.gr8.com. The link is in the show notes. I love you guys. And as always, until next week. Hey, love, I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you found any value in it, any teaching, any transformation, I encourage you to share it with a friend. Click the link, go ahead and share it with a friend, text it to somebody, share it on Instagram, tag me at the Grace Fields Wife, any of those things, or maybe even write a review. All those things are really the best way that you can thank me, and it helps the show to get found by other amazing women just like you. I love you. And I'll see you on Tuesday for another episode of The Grace Fields Wife.